Join Planet Fitness now through March 16th and get the PF Black Card for zero enrollment in $22.99 a month. You'll enjoy an upgraded experience with tons of perks. Like access to more than 2,000 locations worldwide? Yep. Super soothing hydro massage chairs? Yes. Can I bring a friend every time? Sure. Can my friend be a horse? Mm, nay. Uh, sorry. Get the PF Black Card and feel fit-tacular. Zero enrollment, $22.99 a month. Deal ends March 16th. See club for details. Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening, good evening. Welcome to Blessings by Grace Radio, Food for the Soul, Thursday night Bible study sessions. Tonight is Thursday, November the 5th, 2020. Wow, it's already November, the 5th of November to be exact. Wow, 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 the year is almost over. And what a year it has been. We are so elated tonight that you are here with us in the Apple Valley studio tonight. The doctor is in tonight, tonight, tonight. And we are grateful that you could be here. Those of you on Radio Land, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. First, we give honor to God. He is the reason we are on this air as long as we've been on the air more than 10 years we've been on this air. And we are giving God the ultimate tumultuous praise right now. We thank him for allowing us to be on the air. We're also thanking Blog Talk Radio for this opportunity for them to have created a platform that allows people in the religious area to go ahead and bring forth the word of God and bring you positive content like never before. We do really need to think about God, talk about God, and do what he's asking of us to do like never before. Because as we all know, Christ is going to soon be returning. And that's my little spiel that I want to talk about today, what the Bible says about Jesus Christ's return. Now, I comprise looking on the Internet. I utilize Bible tools I've worked a lot. And there are six parables that can be summarized as to Christ's return. The first one, though we do not know, it's like the Bible says, no man knoweth the day nor the hour of Christ's return. We can also see the signs of times, like in Revelation, it breaks down for us when and how we ought to know when Christ is returning. The second thing, God can require us, and he does require us, to live in expectation with vigilance and constant watchfulness. That means God wants us to be mindful. He wants us to be a vigilante for him, and he also wants us to watch. Watch and pray. God also requires us to have faithfulness. Faithfulness, that's that key operative word, faith, which is the grain of a mustard seed. That is so small. That amount of faith can and will get us where we need to be in God's kingdom. He also wants faithfulness for duty and wisdom in dealing with our fellow man, our fellow Christian person, our fellow person in general as we are talking about the good news. Also, God requires us to be prepared through spiritual development, working on our relationship with him, and increasing in the Holy Spirit. God doesn't say get ready in the Bible. He says be ready. He could come at any moment. We don't know the exact moment. He's here every day, every second, every minute, every hour for someone. God comes back for them every day, all day. So God doesn't tell us to get ready. He tells us to be ready. Now, God does require us to grow in the grace and knowledge of him. That's from Second Peter 3 and 18. He wants us to grow. He wants us to have more knowledge of him. Um, he does say in the Bible that his people perish for, not, for lack of knowledge. We ought to have more knowledge when we are dealing with God. We ought to learn. Effective, effective communication with God is one way to learn more about him. You also have to read his word and get an understanding. You can pray if you do not have an understanding. Now, Christ will judge us on how we treat him and our fellow brethren. Now, we cannot fool God. He can't discern true love from false love. Nobody will pass under the rod through hypocrisy. Now, basically, to sum it up, God is everything. We don't know the moment he's coming back. We cannot get ready. We ought to be ready already for his return. And if you don't understand these, this stuff that I'm speaking of, well, it'll be Thursday. 
the doctor is in, and he's breaking down the religious barriers. He's giving you the word, and you can study, manifest on it. You can feast on it. You can eat off of it week after week. God will open the understanding to you. God can even let you understand as if like you're a fifth grader or a five-year-old. He can open your eyes that easily to his word where you have an amazing understanding as to what he was trying to convey to us. Because his Bible, our Bible, the Holy Bible, is the roadmap for us. It is our roadmap to guide our life and how we are to follow in his footsteps as he has created us to do so. I thank you guys for listening to me tonight and listening about when Christ shall return. Remember, we don't know the hour nor the minute, but what are we supposed to do? Not get ready, but capital B, capital E, capital R-E-A-D-Y, be ready. Those of you in Radio Land, be ready. Be ready, ready, ready for Christ's return. Now it is time for the man of the hour who's going to break down the religious burial walls for you guys. He's going to teach and give you the unadulterated gospel and truth as God gives it directly to him. This is not something man-made. This is not his own opinion. This is factual information that God gave directly to him. He is the shepherd of my house. He's my bishop, my grandpa, but he's most importantly my bishop from the Greater All Nations Pentecost Church of Jesus Christ, 8516 South Compton Avenue, Los Angeles, California, 90001. The doctor is in. God bless you all. Thank you tonight, amen. Uh, Sister Kitasha, praise the Lord for bringing us on once again. Almighty God, as we come to study thy divine word, uh, you did in the book of Luke, open up our understanding that we might understand the scripture. Let us hear, Lord, that we might obey your divine word tonight. Keep us all in your divine will. Those that are struggling and striving to make it in, encourage the heart through your word tonight. Those that don't know you, let them come to you. We thank God in Jesus' name. Bless the word tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Amen. God bless you in Radio Land tonight. Dr. Moore coming to you tonight, amen, in Alpha Valley Studio, where, amen, we're going to bring you food for thought tonight. And my granddaughter says, we don't know when the Lord is coming. I know we live in a critical time, but it's going to get worse. It's not going to get better. But I'll stay with the word of God, no matter what my opinion may sound like. It does, it's not important. It's what the word of God says. And for your thought tonight, amen, we're going to read your very familiar scriptures tonight. Amen. That's coming from the 53rd chapter of the book of Isaiah. Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, amen, in verse one, it reads to say, who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form, no countenance. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire of him. He is despised and he is rejected a man, a man of sorrow 
and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it was our face from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrow. Yea, we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his strife, we were healed. All we like sheep, we have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own ways. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. And he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He's brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before us here is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my peoples was he smitten. No violence and he made his and he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering of sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travailing of his soul and shall be satisfied by his knowledge of my righteousness. Servant justify many. For he shall bear their iniquity. Therefore will I divide him as a portion with great, and he shall divide the spoil with strong, because he has poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressor, and he bears the sins of many. And made increase for the transgressor. Read you all 12 of the verses, amen, of the book of Isaiah. Who has the lead our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? 
We are talking tonight, amen, about a suffering Savior. A suffering Savior. I'll speak of, amen, of this verse. I like the prophet and the community that he represents. The arm of the Lord reveals to him victory and power. Ironically, it reveals a thought of suffering and a servant. Our God was a servant that come to serve humanity. He come a man. that we might be able to be be redeemed from sin. Now Isaiah is stating who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed. He says that he should grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground it was going to be hard for him to come through. He had no form of countenance. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire of him. You know the story when they crucified him. There was no beauty, amen, that we should desire of him. But he was a servant of God come to save humanity. Isaiah held a unique a unique position in the kingdom of Judah. Because he served as a prophet in the royal courts during the reigns of Uzziah and Jonathan and Ahab and Hezekiah. All the other prophets participated in the northern kingdom of Israel. They found themselves out of favor with their monarch. Isaiah directly access to the king. The king, Isaiah, counseled the need, his insight, became the land of Judah. Facing trouble on multiple fronts. All the king dreaded that the Caesarean Wall march into their east that would eventually march towards world domination. Judah had more created by the Assyrians. During the reigns of King Ahab, Judah facing the combination might of the northern kingdom of Israel, Arabia, and Syria. These nations attempted to force Judah to 
beyond their condition to fight against the Assyrian. Led by the Lord, Isaiah instructed the king Ahab not to take partakers in their lives when Judah refused their turn the Syrians and the Eratomite went to battle with the goal of poking them to compel in the Eratomite war Judah faced incredible odds instead of trusting in the Lord, Ahab sought help from the Assyrians. An act that which continued to place the kingdom in jeopardy for years to come and particularly plague Hezekiah. I believe Isaiah is telling us in America today, put your trust in the Lord. In our religious area, where we used to trust in the Lord, we are failing. We don't listen to the men and women of God anymore, so our nation is in jeopardy. Our political party is incorrect. Ahab should have trust in the Lord. Like his contemporary Hosea trusted in the Lord. Isaiah, name derived from the Hebrew word meaning salvation. Isaiah, he can, Isaiah continued, told the king of Judah not to rely on anyone but the Lord. That is what amen the spirit of the Lord is saying to America. And not to rely on anyone but God himself. They should not attempt to appraise the Assyrian. Don't brag on nobody else, I mean. Hey, John, amen, the Erethemite allied to seek help from Egypt. They thought about, amen, if they could get some help. From these mighty armies, they could defeat Judah. They could destroy where Christianity would praise the Lord at. But to see God's ways is not like our ways. Isaiah called, he required him to hold fast to his message, even as king like Azar waver and heed his device. When God called a preacher, God prophesies a preach to a preacher, they ought to hold fast to their message. No matter what their nation is saying, no matter what their president is saying, they ought to hold fast. We are in such a dilemma right at this minute. 
We don't know who's going to be our next president. But there are many prophets out there saying, amen, certain one has already won. Well, if God done told you to hold fast to your predictions, I'll encourage you to hold fast. No matter how it looks, no matter how the polls look, if God done told you to hold fast, hold fast. However, known that God had strategically placed him in the royal coast to deliver his prophecy. According to the Jewish tradition, Isaiah was a cousin of King Uzziah. However, Isaiah offers to call happiness the year of King Uzziah died. Isaiah said, I also saw the Lord. Many have felt down because of his cousin death. Perhaps he also feared what God asked him to do. The Lord gave Isaiah a heavenly vision. Now this is in the time of trouble. Amen. That King Uzziah had died. Isaiah was troubled. But God gave him a vision. In the time, amen, of his trouble, the prophet expressed, amen, his onward, even though he was willing to answer the prophetic call, he felt unworthy. He felt unworthy because he was a man of unclean lips. Isaiah was serving the Lord, but Isaiah was not right. Does that not think, amen, and make you think about, amen, of a current condition right now? God sometimes uses unrighteous peoples. Isaiah, he says, amen, he, was, he felt unworthy because he was a man of unclean lips. That means, amen, he was not saying godly things all the time. He was saying ungodly things, things that he knew God would not be pleased with. But God, he accepted his answer. Isaiah said, here am I. Now this is a time that Isaiah, amen, was changing. He said, here am I. Lord, send me. I'll go in the time of trouble. I'll stand in the midst, amen, of the time the church is being threatened. I'll stand. Here am I. And clean me. Clean his lips with one of the coals from the altar. Isaiah had to be clean. If you want to go for the Lord and you want to prophesy for the Lord, you want to work for the Lord, you've got to be clean. I'm talking about Flushly clean. You got to be spiritually clean. Who have believed our report? Isaiah Vision gave him the strength 
to advise the king of Judah to continue to trust in God. Amen. The vision that God has revelated to us in the last and evil day, we want to encourage, amen, our president, that those that are running in that area, amen, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to thine own understanding. This is a time, a crucial time, that amen, ever who is in office should not depend upon their understanding, not depend upon the wealth of this country or the political power in this country. They should put their trust in the Lord. After Isaiah was cleaned up, amen, and could speak God's word, Isaiah vision gave him the strength to advise the king of Judah to continue trusting God's salvation instead of relying on human strategy. Human strategy won't make it, not in 2020, not in the hour that we're living in. Human strategy is not going to make it. You better put your trust in the Lord. President, vice president, those that's trying to be president, you better put your trust in the Lord. I was listening to one amen the other night saying we done won the victory, but I never heard once, I never heard him say amen. I thank God for winning the victory. But humanity, amen, mankind want to be the greatest. But amen, we don't have but one is the greatest, and that is the servant that was the Lord Jesus Christ. His method of salvation can clean, can clearly be seen in Isaiah 12 and 2. He said, Behold, God is my salvation. God is our salvation. Jesus Christ is our hope. In the last and evil days, the government is not our hope. Amen. But Jesus Christ is our hope. God is our salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. Beloved of Judah, the church, trust in the Lord and don't be afraid. Of what's taking place all around us, all over this world. Trust in the Lord, and don't you be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength. The Lord is our strength. Judah and my son, he also is becoming my salvation. Make the Lord your salvation. Just as the name Isaiah and Jose came from the Hebrew word for salvation. They were working, amen, in the place to help bring salvation. So does the name Yahweh mean Jesus. In Isaiah 12 and 2, the prophet identified the Lord God 
as Jesus because he is the Lord Jehovah. Jesus is our salvation. Outside of Jesus, there is no salvation. Outside of Jesus, we got trouble in the land. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, because he said, the Lord Jehovah, he has become my salvation. Wherefore, identify Jesus as the one true God. Identify Jesus as the one true God. We don't have but one God, amen, and his name is Jesus. Identify him as the one true God. Isaiah, one God message can be seen throughout the book. Of Isaiah 42 and 8, Isaiah 43 and 9, Isaiah 44 and 8, Isaiah 45, 5 and 6, and so on, amen. Isaiah proclaiming of salvation, not only spoke of the king of his day, but to us as well. The word of God is still speaking to us right now. The book of Isaiah often, many prophecies concerning the coming of Jesus and salvation made available to humanity. That is our hope, and we don't have any other hope today but Jesus. Isaiah prophesying unto Judah, telling Judah, put your trust in the Lord. No matter you may have a wicked king before you, but put your trust in the Lord. The two books. There's the book of judgment. Isaiah 139. Isaiah's mission of salvation began with the fiery reality of a sure judgment that comes from disobedience. God is going to allow sure judgment either come upon any and every nation, amen, for their disobedience. You're not going to escape. You can't get away. You allowing and bringing these things up on your own self, amen, for your own disobedience. In fact, some scholars refer to chapter 139 as the book of judgment. God's going to bring judgment, especially here on America. In America, God's going to bring judgment because America has turned away. God condemned Judah, Israel, and even the entire world. God, amen, judged. He condemned Judah. Why? He condemned Israel and even the entire world. Why? Because of disobedience. 
disobedient. God will allow things to come upon us in our nation, in our world. Amen. And let judgment come because of disobedience. We see the reaction, amen, of COVID-19 right now, and it's because of disobedience. Who believe our report? Rebuke Isaiah began his court case against the offender's party by calling heaven and earth to be a witness. Heaven and earth is a witness of what's going on. Heaven and earth is seeing what is taking place. Such lawsuits commonly among the prophets. For example, the Lord indicated the Israelites in Hosea 4 and 1 by note that he had controversy against them. God said, I got something against you. I got something against America. Now, as I look, amen, as this epidemic has spread it all over the earth, God got something against the world. Take he, take he, God got something against you. Similarly, the Lord called the mountain and the foundation of the earth to hear the change against his people. In Micah 6 and 2, God called the mountain and the foundation of the earth to hear the change against his people. God is talking to nature. And we can see, amen, nature in this final analysis where we live in now is taking its toll. Storm, hurricane, earthquake, fire. God is talking to nature. In chapter 1, Isaiah, he demanded Judah for its rebellious. Judah rebelled. My brothers and sisters, the Christian era, amen, is rebelling against God. The sins of the peoples, amen, engaged become as animals like oxes and the donkeys. They listen to their master. But where Judah would not hear the word of the Lord, Amen. Animals, amen, listen to their master. But amen, Judah, the church won't listen to their God. Judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. Isaiah also rebuked the northern kingdom of Israel. You see Isaiah 9 and 8, 10 and 4, that kingdom served (laughs) as a powerful image of what will happen when God's people break his covenant. And I believe, amen, God's people done broke their covenant with him. In God we trust. We don't trust in God. 
The majority of us don't trust in God. We done broke our covenant with him. We trust in one another, and we trust in money, but we don't trust in God as a nation. God's people that broke his covenant. Israel fell to the Assyrian in 722 B.C. Our nation, amen, this great America that we're in, amen, is going to fall to another nation if we don't repent. If we don't turn and come back to the Lord, amen, our nation is going under. The destruction of the land and the deposit of the people served as a warning to Judah. God is warning. Warning come before destruction. You out there that thank you somebody. Thank you, God, to answer. You better listen to the word of God. Warning, warning, warning. In the midst of their might, the Syrian failed to escape the judgment of God. God ain't let no nation. He might use one nation to punish another nation, but he ain't gonna let no nation get away. Their plans to attack Jerusalem, it angered the Lord. They seen an opportunity, amen, is to attack Jerusalem, to destroy Jerusalem. Jerusalem is where God people that and that angered the Lord. And he assured their destruction. This was the Assyrians. They eventually fell to the Babylonians. Out of all the chaos that we are going through, God is going to protect his people. And this is basically talking about Israel, but Israel was a style of the church. Amen. God is going to protect his people in the midst of the chaos that we are in right now. Isaiah 24 began what is known as Isaiah Apocalypse. Things all over the world is happening. Things that we have not imagined or thought, amen, that is coming up into the world, amen. All kind of uh, a disaster, amen, is going to come into the world. The Lord says in Matthew, amen, 24 and 8, this is just the beginning of sorrow. We haven't seen nothing yet as coming up on the face of the earth. It's just the beginning of sorrow. The prophet spoke, amen, about natural disaster. You can see that you're a witness of the natural disaster, amen. Recently here we had, amen, earthquake, amen, I think was seven point something. And amen, they're waiting now, amen, for the uh, the waves of the sea is rolling, praise the Lord. I forgot what you call it. God is using natural disaster, devastating. In agreement with the prophet Amos 5, 8 through 20, Isaiah prophet, amen, of the powerless to come in judgment. They were powerless to escape the coming judgment. And you just can't get around it. You can't get away. 
I don't care what kind of defense man has built up. God can destroy it. Uh, their promise, the promise, amen, in the midst of all of uh, the prophesied and the climate, climate it. God gave some promises to the remnant. God says, I'm going to save some of you. He gave some promise to the remnant. If God had not left this remnant, the people would have been utterly a hill navy. They would have been utterly destroyed if God wouldn't have left a remnant. Oh, you ought to be thankful today God has spared you and left you here. A hill and eighty. Paul quoted in Isaiah one and nine and in Romans nine, twenty seven and thirty to show a man that the Lord work would need to be shortened on the earth. Uh, not even a remnant would be saved. Amen. God said, if I don't shorten the days, if I don't shorten the day, there shall be no flesh saved. God in his divine mercy is looking down upon them. He knows what's coming up on the face of the earth, and he knows what extreme wickedness man is going to be. He said, I, I, except I shorten the day, there ain't going to be no flesh saved. That means you and I as Christians holding on to the Lord now, except he's short in the day, we won't be saved. That's the word of God. You can't get around it. In Isaiah 2, chapter 1 and 5, Isaiah envisioned an era of peace. That we in the modern world still hope for today. And amen, we certainly is hoping for peace. In this modern generation that we are in, we are hoping for peace. But look at the wickedness among us, but we're still hoping for peace. But Isaiah and Micah 4 1 and 3. Prophesied of a time when armies and their soldiers would beat down swords into plowshares and their spears unto pruning hooks. Today we might pray that our missiles to be used to store gain instead of weapons. A mass destruction. We got missiles today that can destroy. Amen. I don't know how much of it, but they can annihilate. Amen. The majority of the earth. We got destruction upon destruction. Mankind has made missiles. Amen. That can destroy nations upon nations. All we standing in jeopardy. We're standing on an eggshell. Anytime, amen, that egg can crack, amen, the world can be gone. We, amen, I don't know, do you really realize how serious it is? Peoples, peoples of God, peoples of humanity, 
But time, amen, and the word of God is speaking to us very clearly. We're looking for peace, and there is going to be a false peace come. Amen. But it's not permanent. So it's peace, amen, will not come without, amen, the Bartry, uh, the Messiah. The Messiah will save Jerusalem and wash away its filthiness. Jerusalem is filthy right now. They got all kinds of acts going on in Jerusalem, and Jerusalem is supposed to be a holy place. God just washed Jerusalem, clean Jerusalem. That means a lot of suffering got to be done. The people, amen, will find refuge in the shedded provision by the tabernacle. They will be safe from the heat and the rain. Amen. God going to visit Jerusalem. Amen. And the remic, praise the Lord, is going to find shelter and safety from the heat and rain. That lets you know it's going to be hot. It's going to be wet. Thank God, amen. But the book of Isaiah, chapter 40 and 66, amen, gives a book of comfort. God going to comfort his people in such time, amen, as what is taking place right now. Although God promised a mix with punishment, and that's in chapter 40 and 66, as known as the book of comfort. And it also, amen, is mixed with comfort. There are going to be punishment and there are going to be comfort. Comfort, my peoples. This passage speaks of the refuge and the restoration. Or the people of God. God's going to restore his people. But amen, they are going through something before he restores them. They have left God. They have failed God. They don't want to acknowledge him. So God has to use a spiritual whoop and put something on his people and bring them back to him. They would need this respect because they would have to face in the exile, even though even through the kingdom of Judah, they survived the Assyrian onslaught. Amen. The, the Assyrian slaughtered Judah, but they survived. Amen. The onslaught. Their sins would ultimately lead to Babylonian captivity. They survived it, amen, but they were carried away in the captivity. This beautiful country that we're in now, we don't know what is going to happen recently and shortly. We want some new, we, we know it now as America, but amen, as we approach, amen, the end of time, I don't know what's going to happen. But God's going to save his own. God refused to give up 
on his people. That's a fact. God refused to give up on his people no matter what the world, amen, is uh, uh, calling for and, amen, disrepresenting the Lord. God refused to give up on his people. Isaiah told of the Lord's plan to repopulate Zion, comfort his people, and restore true worship. We have lost true worship here in the United States. We have lost true worshipers. Now, Jesus told us plainly that in the last days, amen, many false prophets shall come in my name saying that I am of Christ. We see, amen, false prophets everywhere now saying that they are of Christ, but they are not living and doing what Christ did. We have lost true worshipers. And the true worshipers, amen, now that it really worships the Lord, it seems strangely to church people today because they don't know how to get in the spirit anymore. They don't know how to let the Lord use them anymore. Society has said you are too emotionally. All we need to pray. Besieged Zion will become a peace of peace, prosperity and glory. The Lord's favor will once again shine down on his people. God going to deliver his people. And it's going to be a rejoicing time. I said a rejoicing time. It, it won't be too much emotionally. When God bring us out of this disaster, we will shout to the glory of God. We'll learn to appreciate who he is. He was a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. Yet he didn't open his mouth. Deliverance. Deliverance is going to come. The salvation of the people will come when Babylon lost its position as a major world power. Babylon, amen, represents the world. When, it, when, 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 when the world loses its um, uh, power, its position, the fear brought by the Assyrians and the exile in France by the Babylonians will be replaced with the hope for a glorious future. When God gets through, it's going to be the church giving praise and glory to the Lord for his delivering his children out of the chaos. Oh, we we close on the border right now of facing some things that we have never faced and we have heard of, amen, the mark of the beach. We have heard, amen, of the one world governor, but we're closer than what it seems. It's a change in the land. The Babylonians, amen, demonstrated, but also the exile. God people would have the opportunity to return home. 
thank God for mercy. God going to make it, amen, that they have an opportunity is to return home. You know that opportunity it is right now. God is saying, return, come to me. All ye that have a labor, and I'll give you rest. God is, amen, telling his people is a return. But somewhere deep down in their spirit, they don't want to return. All the people might lose faith during the exile. Isaiah advised them to realize that God controls everything. God is in control of every situation that there is over the face of the earth right now. Even, amen, this coronavirus, God is in control of it. Man may find some kind of... uh, Care for it, but amen, God is in control. Even though their situation would not make sense from a human perspective, the Lord promised to provide strength to those who faint not. God say, Amen. Don't, don't, amen. God, I'm going to give you strength. Just because you see. What's coming up on the world? I'm talking about Judah. I'm talking about the church. Don't faint. Isaiah had encouraged words for them. And my encouraging words for you tonight, have thou not known? Have thou not heard? That the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator, of the end of the earth. He fainted that. God ain't worried about what's going on. He ain't going to faint. He ain't going to quit. Why would you give up? Hallelujah. He fainted not. Neither is he weary. He ain't weary. Anxiety is not overtaking him. We we don't we don't we don't know what to do. We were we are, we all upset. Put your trust in the Lord and lean not to your own understanding. There is no searching of His understanding. You, you Amen. You, 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 our little infinite mind can't Amen and search this. His understanding. He too be. He give power to the faith. Those of you that will faint, amen, want to give up on your salvation, amen, because you don't know it. God will give you power. He give power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he'll increase their strength. I don't care how weak you are. Put your trust in the Lord, and the Lord will pull you up. I believe my time, amen, is running out on me tonight. But amen, who has believed our report? I want you to believe the report of the Lord tonight. This is Dr. Moore tonight saying, God bless you. Thank you for listening to us. This is Food for Thought. Wow. All I can say is, wow. That message, what a word, what a word, what a word. Who has believed our report? 
Oh, my goodness. I was over here taking my notes so I can continue to feast off this message. And also, if you would like our notes, too, that was from tonight's message, who report will you believe? Talking about Isaiah, the messianic prophet coming out of Isaiah. Please send us an email request at blessingsbygraceradio.yahoo.com, and I will personally email you over the notes from tonight so you can keep manifesting off of this work. And every week going forward, we'll have this option available. Blessings by Grace Radio, with an S, radio, at yahoo.com. Email us, and I will always email you back with the notes from the message. That way you have something to study. Alrighty, righty, righty, righty. We love you, we love you, we love you. We shall be back next week on Wednesday for prayer, next Thursday for Bible study. And if you are in the L.A. area on Sundays, our church is open unto you to come in from 1130 a.m. until the Spirit of the Lord says otherwise. We are open. Our doors are there available ready to you. Just see if you come into the storehouse to please use the hand sanitizer at the exits and the entrances, and please wear a mask. And we also do take your temperature to make sure that we are following the guidelines for you to come into the sanctuary. If you are not in the L.A. area but you want to be able to be in service with us, absolutely. We have Facebook Live, Blessings by Grace Radio on Facebook Live. We'll be coming to you every Sunday into the Lord says the same. We love you. May God richly and eternally bless you. Good night. Godspeed. And God bless. Bye-bye, everybody. All right.